What's up, sports fans? And welcome back to Low Expectations, the Gruder Golf Podcast, brought to you by the No Laying Up Podcast Network. And tonight, a very special episode with one Miss Haley Hillsland. Hillsland, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to surprise you. I was surprised. I was surprised. That was uh, that woke me up. I mean, you were almost took a nap earlier for about a half a second. Yeah, I know. I know. I, now I'm kind of speechless, honestly. Um, <laughs> even though I am a little bit groggy, the post work naps. So, sometimes you can't avoid them, but they they put you in a weird place. Yeah. Yep. I had signed up for a five fifteen workout class, and I was like, I'm going to lay down for a minute before this. And dear reader, I did not make it to the class. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I was not awake. Um, you know what? So sometimes yeah. you just don't need it. Sometimes you need to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Hey, rest is huge. You know, we don't have whoops, but I'm sure, you know, uh, had a road show last week. So obviously probably still recovering from that a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Good Kid Nation last weekend. Ooh, yeah. Well, that... <laughs> Kid Nation wasn't as Kid Nation-y as it, as it normally is. Um, I call it Kid Nation when my parents go away, um, even though, yes, I am 31 years old. Um, however, you know, I kind of, I laid low, you know, I, uh, again, because I'm old and I'm tired and I was pretty tired from Thursday night uh, at the bogey nights. <laughs> well, almost oh forgot. My God. Feels like a really long time ago already. It was, it it was a long day. It was a whirlwind day. It was. It was, um, um, didn't come out unscathed. Oh, yep, filming. We are filming, which ties in with the unscathed aspect or scathed aspect. I was a little bit scathed, actually, um, because I I took a little spill, um, which was luckily captured on film. Um, I'll tell the the listeners that it it's hard to roller skate. Um, it's also hard on like uneven surfaces and we were only on uneven surfaces. We kind of thought the roller skates, um, obviously the boogie nights, uh, theme and thought it would just be a fun little fun, cute little thing. Um, those things are hard to roll around in. Well, they're so rolly. Like they're just slippery wheels. Like I think we all thought they're aptly named them. Yeah. I mean, they are what they sound like. I Um, weirdly think that. Yeah, I thought that roller skates were easier, but I think they're actually harder than roller blades. I think so, too. I think blades might be easier because you're a little bit back on your heels because you have the heel mm-hmm. brakes. Um, and I feel but... like your position is just, like, more athletic or it has to be in roller blades. Whereas in roller skates, you can kind of just stand up, and that's where the dangerous things happen. Yeah, and they were so high up. Like, they, I felt like we were on stilts. Would you went through? Did you mention you went through a stilt phase? I did, but I was also just going to mention that um, I haven't put on rollerblades since high school. When uh, Gabby and I went through a big rollerblading phase in high school, it's a great workout. And there's this yeah. uh, trail that sort of ran through a lot of parts of Toledo that we rollerblade on. And um, her brother Jack, who always like, you know, he's the youngest of four. He was like, you know, kind of lagged behind the other kids. So he just had like a better sense of humor than like anyone else did at that age um he's very astute um but he called me Yao Ming when uh I was in the room <laughs> so I honestly don't know if I've worn them since then it really really stung like, he just knew how to get me and uh he got me so uh the the roller skates putting those on 
you know, brought back a lot of memories. Um, I think appropriate for, for the interview we have tonight, so it was good timing. I know. Uh, I really like that you're already warming us up on some of your um, your past stories of childhood. Trauma. That's great. <laughs> if that, I mean, I wouldn't call that trauma. You know, I think anybody who's tall, any tall girl could probably relate and probably has been called some NBA player or another at some point. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like, one time I was wearing, like, like heel, like, wedges. Um, I forget, like, when it was. And... I walked up and said hi to my dad. He goes, oh, what's up, LeBron? And I never wore them again, obviously, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Like, like honestly, and it's fine. Like, um, that's cool. being tall is cool. Yeah. Being tall is cool, but, like, I don't know if, like, you know, physically, like, being compared to an NBA player, any NBA player, you know, is yeah. is usually what I'm going for. Um, except for maybe, like, I don't know, Kelly Olenek is pretty lanky. But I can't think of anybody else who's... uh whose um, body type I'm trying to aspire to, you know? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so a with that, um, yeah, yeah. Because people are intimidated by tall girls. Oh, we can certainly get into that in a little bit. We'll get into that. We'll get it. That's, that's, that's really, that's really important. Um, I don't but, really want to get into it, but what I'll say is uh, you and Kiki and the, the online assault of what you felt after the Hallie interview with the, the he's a 10, oh, yeah, guys, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the same type of um, person that just does not like tall women in general. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> like personally nope, victimized they don't like, by they... a female being taller than them. Um, is sort of, for me, the same category of person. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I would venture to say that the four-wheeler guy from uh, wherever that was, Long Island four-wheeler, Christmas tree man, likely also I probably... I he's listening. And that's the thing. It's it's like, no, you know, it doesn't really matter what your height is as long as you're a, a nice person, right? It's like... <laughs> it's beautiful, Jen. <laughs> I think that that's, that's where I'm at, you know? It's like, I don't care how tall you are. As long as you, you know, as you don't care too, but yeah. what can you do? We'll get into the height thing, um, but I did want to bring up a few different news items um, yeah. other than us getting on roller skates and, and being scathed. Um, Maya Stark out of Sweden won the ISPS um, World Invitational, which was put on by Modest Golf, um, which is Niles' outfit, Niles' representation for sports management. Um, I admittedly did not watch it. Um, these European times just they don't vibe with my schedule i've got them all recorded they They like they don't fit in yeah they automatically record so maybe you know in some of my off moments i'll review review the tapes but i i will say these two young swedes maya stark and lynn grant i am excited by them i am really looking forward to seeing them presumably in the solheim cup um they're currently maya is currently ranked number one in points and lynn is number two um so pretty Seem like surefire bets that they'll get on there. Um, and they just seem really cool and, like, normal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell with Swedes, right? Like, they're a little bit more reserved. But, um, yeah, Maya definitely, you were just talking about that club twirl that I just yeah, saw. Is, like, is that what that is? Like, so is that, I, when I had seen the clips of that initially, so in case people are wondering they posted it on all different like i think you know golf.com like golf digest i'll put it on their instagram so go check that out or just go to maya stark's instagram and then see her tagged um photos which are is to the far right if you're looking at her grid i know that 
Not everybody maybe is familiar with this little trick what, what, of finding photos of people. demographic are you speaking to right now that listens to this pod? I mean, I don't really know, but actually this leads into something else, which I think we should do a, a listener survey pretty soon, but we'll get into that after. Um, but I, I also think, I mean, Kiki wouldn't know how to find somebody's tag pictures, I don't think. You're right, you're right. You're right. right? Like, I, I think that there's, like, I was deep, wrong. there's deep state Instagram that, like, isn't as easy to access. And I want uh, people to see this video yeah. because I had thought that it was, like, she had taken a knock right shot because I, obviously, like, I was just seeing the clip of the actual shot and, like, her facial yeah. expression, which was a little bit of, like, a slight, slight grimace. But then it was referred to as a club twirl. So, like, is it a flex or is it a fuck? You know, oh, which could be a good segment. That, I like that as a survey question. <laughs> Flex or fuck? Or fuck. Because um, that's, what, that's what I would maybe say. Um, but it was really cool. She like, let's go with her trail hand in the finish and very quickly then wraps the club around her head with her lead hand and then grabs it again with her, you know, right hand. It's crazy. You just I have to see it, honestly, to believe I was it. I say... The Sorry, I started using trail hand and lead hand when I should have just said left and right. Oh, you're just a golf hardo. You can't help it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a hardo. I just can only use terminology. Um, but also, Hanging if they had flipped Kang it or something. Much. Well, I gotta. I have to call him, obviously. Well, no, As you usual. had to use lead. You had to use lead and trail because not everyone's right handed. I know, but she is, though. Yeah, okay. But I guess if people are I trying to do it at home. Um, yeah, describing physical things is hard to do. Not easy. Did you ever have to do that in like, you know, like, like leadership training or something like that? Or like, I don't know, at school, like any type of like game where it's like, okay, just like write somebody instructions for like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. And then they have to follow the instructions like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Or like how to build like a house, like a something. Like, something simple that you realize is a lot harder to articulate when you are explaining something step by step. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I'm going to actually do that myself in any training, but I've heard Just of exists. people having to do that. I, I know that it exists, yes. Yeah, I think we had to do it for, like, I coached lacrosse for a few years after college um, in Charlestown, and we had to do it there with, like, some lady that got brought in. And for some reason, it felt a little too much, like, work to me. I was like, hey, I'm just... I'm just here, you know. I'm just a warm body showing up. I don't think I'm going to teach anybody anything groundbreaking. <laughs> Not really, like, changing I... lives, I don't think. I mean, maybe I did, you know, oh but... Oh, my God, wait. Jen, no, you absolutely did. I was in Boston with you when you were a lacrosse coach, and you were super committed. My little team. You were, yeah, and you were so loyal to them, and they were loyal to you, and they loved you. They, they, so some of them did. Some, of they, that. Yeah, no, we, we all, we all got along great. It was just, like... It was it was too many days a week. It was three days a week. I think Games we're gonna get into Sundays. this a little bit. We're gonna yeah. speak about this in uh, relation to the Solheim Cup, but I think you would have added an invaluable element to the team in terms of camaraderie and spirit. That you oh know, my god, hard to put what on more paper perfect how segue that is. Thank you. I mean, and I think that the patron saint right now of uh, camaraderie and, you know, being a locker room guy is Caroline Martins, um, who was just yeah. named uh, the vi- one of the vice captains for Team Europe um, for the Solheim 2023 uh, next year by her good friend Suzanne Pedersen. 
and apparently on the merits of being a good friend. <laughs> I think that, yeah. Which is fine. So it was funny. This is what we're, uh, obviously we're, we're referencing um, a, a piece by our, our friend Beth Ann um, that was uh, released today. Uh, wow, I'm like tongue-tied right now. <laughs> I should have had a coffee before. <laughs> um, but we, uh, so there's a piece that came out today by Beth Ann announcing um, that Suzanne Pedersen shows her vice captains for the Solheim Cup next year in Spain. Um, and it's like, you know, Dame Laura Davies, you know, she played on 12 Solheim Cup teams. She served as a vice captain under Katrina Matthew for two victories in 2019 and 2021. Um, Anna Nordquist is a three-time major winner. And, you know, she's pl- competed in seven um, and she could be, a, you know, a playing captain, playing vice captain. Um, she's been on four winning teams. And then it's like, and um, Caroline Martins is a close friend of Pedersen's and she um, competed on the L.E.T. for eight seasons. So that's, those are her accolades. Not that that's like small, you know what I mean? Like Not anybody all, who no. becomes a pro golfer, it's just like funny after and like putting her third and then like not doing any there's nothing else to say as of now. I know, which like again isn't really fair to her. I'm sure, I'm sure she has accolades that maybe aren't the same caliber that they can't mention. I don't know, but like yeah, yeah. I, oh, I'm sure she has so many accolades. And also, I mean, I'm selfishly excited because it sounds like we might be able to get her on the pod. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I've I've asked, <laughs> I've reached out to people actually about. Stacy, I really want Stacy Lewis to come on really badly. Um, also, really want Morgan Pressel actually because she's gonna be vice captain, and I also want to do a like some educational stuff on everybody who it, um, comments for Golf Channel because I kind of want to know more about them. When I learn like cool things about them, um, I loved uh, Golfers Journal just had a podcast with um, Judy Rankin, and she seems like a real firecracker, and she's awesome. Yeah, and there's that sure. one picture, that one Getty image of her smoking a cigarette on the course. And that's actually when I became obsessed with her. I was like, wow, she's chic as hell. Not that, like, smoking is well, good for you, but it is cool, definitely, still. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not sure who you think is listening to this podcast. I don't think any young children are listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to offer up a I mean, smoking, definitely bad for you, but also <laughs> pretty cool, honestly. You look really cool doing it. Great way to uh, sit outside a bar for a moment when you don't want to be in there anymore. You're maybe getting a little too hot. Um, honestly, you know, make we some can maybe, friends. It's a great way to network. Pod, but in college, I I never really smoked, but I'd like I'd pretend like I was going to just so I could go out. There is so much camaraderie that happens while smoking outside of bars, and I was always so pissed off that I wasn't part of it. And so I'd come outside, and then it was kind of a double edged sword because then you'd get out there, and everyone would ask if you want a cigarette, and you said no, and then you just looked like a narc. So it, I never really found the groove with it, but I was always really annoyed with that aspect of. Um, you should have gotten one of those like going. fake, fake cigarettes that people use to be like Cruella de Vil or something. Even creepier. Have you seen those? Um, well, I, I'm thinking of, like the long, like the cigarette holder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really long. Yeah. They have anyway. like fake ones. Um, I finally just yeah. started. No, there, I mean, there's definitely there, there's definitely a community out there. It's a real community, and I, I really liked it. Yeah. I also just, like, by my nature, hate loud, crowded bars. So I really always liked the idea of yeah. being able to step outside and um, actually talk with people. But, yeah, 
you know, like I said, didn't really yeah, loud crowded bars are really like, what's the point? If it's not for dancing and you can't talk, like, what are you supposed to do there? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, and you like after having sometimes. spent many, many a time in a loud crowded <laughs> bar with you, the fact that we don't know. <laughs> what are I, I've been trying to figure out all this time. What is I it keep all going for? back. <laughs> I keep going back and like, what are we doing there? Every time, this is what like, keeps hmm. me up at night. Yeah, just kind of like, kind of wiggle around every once in a while, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. anyway, um, so very excited to see. Um, our girl Caroline Martins, you know, um, as just just a value add, just being a, a personality yeah. pick. Um, which what's better than that? What higher what higher honor? Um, right now, I, I'll say the U.S. team is shaping up to be great. And guess who's in the lead? I'm gonna have you guess who's leading points right now for U.S. Shit, this is gonna be hard. Um... <laughs> Honestly, it's like it's too easy almost, but it's also unexpected for some reason. Well, I want to say Nelly, but that I feel like wouldn't be that unexpected. No, she's number three. Are you cheating? Yeah, I hear a little bit of typing happening. (laughs) Okay, Uh, should I just tell you? Yeah, Lexi. Lexi is number one. By okay, a landslide. I should have guessed that she because has I have points for her all year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, if you think about all her, you know, gut-wrenching runner-ups and, and things. Um, yeah, she's at 220 points right now. And the next up is Cup Cho with 187. Okay, um, that actually would have been my guess. That would have been, yeah. like, unexpected in the sense that it's, like, underwhelming. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> unexpected. She's the perfect number two. She, she is just right into that. Uh, she's she's two through and through. Um, yeah. So Cupcho, Nelly, Danielle Kang still at number four. Um, That's cool. Jessica Corda, Megan Kang, Marina, um, Lilia Vu, Allison Lee, Andrea Lee. Um, oh, actually, Allison I guess Lee's top eight are the only ones that get in, right? Yeah, she's been playing well, really well right? though. Like, and she's such a comeback kid. Well, so how it goes is that it's eight. Um, what is it? Eight off of this, the rankings, and then four, and then there's captain's th- picks. two captain's picks. Are there four captain's I think picks? There's three. I, th- I think that, yeah, I want to say there's like four captain's picks. I don't know. I We'll, we'll, we'll look into this um, and we'll report back yeah. soon. But I know that there we are different um, strategies for each. Year. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's too soon. It's too soon. We can't do that. Um, but I know that the L.E.T. team has a crazy thing where it's like seven captain's picks or something. It's like the top five and then seven, oh, which is kind of crazy. Anna Norquist, though, currently ranked ninth um, for points, so she could very well be a playing captain. And um, what really excites me on my Stacey kick is that Stacey is currently ranked 14th in points, but she's at like 55 points, so I don't know if she'll you know get there. Um, obviously still plenty of golf to be played though. I feel like the beginning of next year is really when it starts to get like competitive. Yeah. But this is our first like full cycle. This is our first Solheim to Solheim cycle of like paying attention. Which can I just say that I, I remember when we were at the Solheim last year, I feel like we came off of that really hot on the fact that we would have loved to see it be played more often for the women Mm -hmm. specifically to the point where where it'd be played every year. Yeah. I gotta say, I know we're still a year away, 
but it already feels like it's coming up too soon. So I kind of yeah. am walking all of that back because I realize it's just too much. But I mean, I stand by the idea of it being played every year, just in the sense that it would be on U.S. soil every other year, because I do think, you know, with golf and women's golf not being really on the forefront of Americans' minds in the yeah. sport universe, having it here every other year would make a difference. But I guess yeah. I take it all back. I mean, the alternative to that, though, could be like a female President's Cup or something, you know, because I think having yeah. all those. But are, like, is part of the reason we're not doing that, A, I mean, probably organizational and scheduling and stuff, because I feel like there's just a lot of hassle related. But um, I also feel like the U.S. should be very scared of the uh, the Eurasia team or the Asia Pacific team. Yeah. Not Eurasia. No. Eurasia is a different area. But I think that it they is, like, would we just meant. get pummeled? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> would we but, just like, get absolutely annihilated? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. That would be everyone. good fun. Um. With the, I mean, that's the Annika winner this year. I mean, I wish Minji. there was, like, a way to do a, a three-way, like, APAC in the uh, U.S. tournament. That would be really Ameri- fun. America's. I'm sure there's a way to do it. I think it's just a timing thing, you know? So we'll have to, we'll bounce this off some players as we build our friendships with them. Um, maybe we'll do, should we do a player survey? Yeah. <laughs> send a survey out and just ask certain people be like can you share this with as many of the players as you can and be like what do you guys look I mean, what would you guys like for us to do us <laughs> yeah i think there might be a few people that are like okay this is like stupid but as long as it's not too long of a survey i think that and it's all multiple choice too i took i had to take a survey today totally. and the you know for, you know just enter words for questions i was like oh, i don't feel like doing this give me options you know what uh what was the survey about it was just for um NECAT, so um the new england uh center for uh culinary arts training training wow again training i'm having like a brain aneurysm tonight um i'm on the board of this uh nonprofit. shameless plug here uh nonprofit that provides a free culinary training program a 16-week program for underemployed um, or unemployed adults, many of whom are coming out of um, incarceration or recovering from addiction or just in general, you know, haven't made a career um, and are looking for like a passion and obviously very into food, very into cooking and stuff. So it's a wonderful, wonderful little spot. So if you're so inclined, feel free to reach out to me about it. would love to talk about it anytime. But I was taking my should taking we, a little board survey. Should but we make before- this your deep dive? Because we've talked about kneecap, we've talked about your time as a lacrosse coach. Oh my god, no, this isn't oh, am I am I hogging your deep dive? We need to start should Not we start diving deep? I think we've covered the, the news of the day. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> I'm not fishing to move on. I I'm no. just making, okay. making I think I mean funny. I mean I'm always talking anyway. That's what the podcast is. The podcast is it's always true. a deep dive, actually. I feel like I offer a lot of information about myself. Can I just say on one daily more thing basis. before we before we shift into the deep dive? Of I think course. maybe my favorite moment of last week uh, at the uh, at the Bogey Nights event was naturally during your altercation, which I don't want to spoil it. Um, but in that moment was when Kiki was on the ground, and then our new friend Dylan um, of Leaderboard Golf came in because him and his. Uh, or I guess the founder of Leaderboard Golf, which is this app to it's like a fun golf. Uh, app to track your scores but not in like 
not a way to like improve, which is what I really appreciated how they how they sold themselves. It was more of like a way to like yeah, bet they were spot your friends on. are scoring. Yeah, so love them. But um, Dylan, I was I was saying hi to him. I think Kiki was right there, and uh, I think like immediately he was like, "Where's Jen?" I was like, "Right over there." He's like, "She is so funny on the podcast." <laughs> Like truly made like the first fangirl moment that I've really <laughs> seen someone be in. Um, talking about you and the podcast, I was like, I mean, yeah, it's it, it is her I show mean, and it's so appreciated, terrible. honestly, because I feel uh, so yeah. annoying most of the time. I thought you yeah. were gonna say my personal favorite part about um the entrance was that Kiki was sitting on the ground just with her legs just straight well, out. She like had lost her shit laughing because and I will give it away because I feel like, you know, this is a good teaser. Um, so uh, DJ Pi from No Lang Up was there shooting some content um, of us for an upcoming, uh, I don't know, piece of sorts. And um, uh, we we were really trying to show up and show out. And that's part, part of where the roller skates came in um, to impress people. And I think it did quite the opposite. And I was trying to, like, get to this picnic table and I rolled down a hill and I, I fell, like, into the picnic table, like, ass over tea kettle, like, legs just, like, in the air. Like, I don't even know how I fell that way. I think that the... I don't know um, how your legs went that way. Okay, I think that what I was trying to do was get the roller skates off the ground. I think that it was like, okay, these are clearly the problem. I now have reached, like, dry land, which was the picnic table. And so I just kind of, like, got the... Once I was... And also, the, it was low down because we were so tall. So the uh, the picnic table was, like, at my, like, shins anyway. The That's angles, where I got bruised. The angles were off, for sure. I got, like, a really bad shin bruise, actually, to match my shin bruise that I got when I crashed the golf cart last week, accidentally. Hmm. I got a huge, like, goose egg on my shin, on my right shin, and then I evened that out last week with, a, with another one. So I know we've said this a lot of times. Thank God no more events for a little while. I need to recover physically. <laughs> Except for you know, Queen it's all City. About balance. Yeah, Except yeah, exactly. I mean, and we'll we'll be. I think that we should do. If anybody um, who's listening has any recommendations for a fun place in Cincinnati, Haley and I are going to be coming down for coming down over. For me, it's down and over. Up. I think. Um, for up, me, it's up and over. It's not north of me. Okay, I was like, um, okay, I need to look at a map again. Um, but we're going to be in Cincinnati. Do you want to know that's one of my biggest pet peeves, um, though? What? When people say when upper, people miss when people say up speak. or down, when it's like, I don't know. I feel like I hear it all the time when I'm in New York. People would be like, "Oh, when are you going down to Boston?" I was like, "Literally never." It's up. thank you, thank you. I agree with it's that. So, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, it's Idiots. like look at a map. <laughs> Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> I always say you. down in New York because it's down. <laughs> also says you says look me. at a map. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Little Miss Rand McNally over here. That's oh, me. There you go, Little Miss. Um, again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was saying that though before it became a thing. I know. I, I have know, it I on know. record. I only said that because I knew that would make you mad. Um, I feel like that was a real yes. flash in the pan anyway, though. I don't think that really caught on as well. I think it's over. Um, but yeah, we'll be in Cincinnati. If you have any recommendations for places that would be a cool, fun hang for post um, after the rounds finish on Saturday. Maybe a fun place to party. Um, yes. We were. Maybe a loud, it was tough to bar. Me, <laughs> the <laughs> loudest, most crowded bar you have, where you can't dance nor can you speak. Yes, that's what we want. 
So if you have any recommendations, let us know. I'm really excited to explore a new Ohio City. Um, I've been, you know, undefeated, I would say, in Ohio so far. Um, so never had a bad experience the list. Yeah. After this, well, Cleveland's going to be my grand finale. I know. That, that'll be a good Because I've done Columbus, I've done Toledo, now Cincinnati, Cleveland. Is there anything else that I'm missing? No. Akron? Those are, that's, nah. Oh, oh, fighting words. Don't tell Matt Considine. <laughs> Considine. <laughs> I'm going to tell him. <laughs> Ooh, don't, don't tell him. him. I'm going to tell him. Uh, well, Akron's next to Cleveland, though, right? Yeah, that's Two birds, one stone. Yep, the grand finale will be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Honestly, I would love to go to that, so. Um, have you never been? No. All that time in Cleveland, you've never gone. Okay, I was saying this when we were here or there the last couple of weeks. Um, most of my time in Cleveland has been during COVID. So, like, we were going out to restaurants and bars the last couple of weeks, and I was like, I feel like this is a, like, a brand new place for me. Um so, yeah, I am kind of a noob in that sense because uh, a lot of time was spent indoors or on the patios of the commune. Yeah. Okay. So, Haley, I think this is a fantastic segue to dive into your deep dive um, because with you, actually, I think we're going to do things a little differently because we're already kind of talking about uh, the commune, which I think is a very interesting um, part of your, your journey, your story in Cleveland. So we're going to work backwards with you, actually. Um, because I feel like your, your recent years have been extremely interesting, um, to me, you are truly now, um, what would be like the domestic version of a globe trotter, like a land trotter, like a, a country trotter, like domestic U S states, um, you know, like, but you're, uh, like, uh, and what's the, what's the car version of a jet set? Uh, a road warrior. Road, Road warrior. warrior. Yes, that Haley has been trekking all over this fair country. Um, I think you've seen probably more of it, you know, than than most people I know. Certainly me. With that, that goes without saying. Almost um, <laughs> a lot of the middle so of the country. While so definitely more than you. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that's most of it, though. Most of it's in the middle. Turns out. Yeah. Um, so with that, you know, uh, let's stay in Cleveland. What brought okay. you to, when did you arrive in Cleveland initially? Um, take us back to kind of 2020. Um, the impetus, obviously, somewhat COVID. Um, but let's, let's start there. Um, why, so why COVID hits. Why is Cleveland hits. part of the story? Yeah. Yes. Um, so Cleveland comes into the picture in March of 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. My now fiance, Noah, Shout out. I'll not refer to as my fiance from here on out, now that we know his name, um, is from Cleveland. So I had been back to Cleveland a handful of times, you know, in the years prior. But um, we left New York City March 22nd, his birthday. I'll never forget. Um, At the behest of our parents, who were kind of just like, hey, like, we know Manhattan probably isn't, you know, losing water or access to food or basic human needs. But, you know, why not come home? for a couple of weeks and just kind of get out of the crazy and and the eye of the storm type of thing. So we did. We left. We rented a car. We thought we'd be back for a couple of weeks. I packed three pairs of leggings, three sweaters, and one bathing suit. um, Nice. Purely because Ellen told me to. Never Um, leave home without it. And I was like, there's no way. 
I was like, I'm never going to see this bathing suit in Cleveland. Like, there's no way I'll be here until it's warm enough. Like, that was my thought. Um, we made a record time from New York to Cleveland. It only took us six hours to get back because absolutely no one was on the road. It was the most eerie, surreal sort of day in the world. But, um, yeah, we, we ended up, st- <laughs> spoiler alert, we ended up staying there for about seven months straight um, because every month or two months when we thought we'd be going back, uh, you know, our offices would say, no, we're going to remain closed. There was no reason to really go back without work requiring us to go back. We lived in a 600-square-foot apartment in Manhattan, not something that I was rushing back to. The one mm-hmm. thing that almost brought us back was Noah, and it was by extension mine too, but he had signed up for the summer membership at this course in New Jersey that oh, I had I spousal rights to. That. So it was like the best deal in town because I had full access to the club with or without him there. You know, the way we were breaking it down, like it was, it was going to be incredibly cheap to play golf all summer long at a private course or a semi-private course, um, which for anyone familiar with New York City golf is a true joy because, you know, as much as we love the munis, they do get very crowded and they're still really expensive. They're not cheap munis yeah. to play. So at one point, what Noah course was, was it that you joined? Essex Falls Country Club. So some of the boys that Noah had joined with still, uh, still did it, which I think was part of the reason why he wanted to go back. But at one point with a straight face, he wanted to rent an Airbnb in New Jersey where no one lived or was. And I was like, we have access to, like, all his friends in Cleveland belong to country clubs. They were taking us out very regularly, very kind, very generous. Like, we were not in need of golf. We played golf so much. That was the first year truly in my golf journey that I played golf consistently. Beforehand, it was like a sprinkling yeah. every couple of years or a, every couple of weeks like the way kiki played 27 yeah. rounds her first year of golf that is not what i did like i was a lot slower right. to playing consistently so it wasn't until 2020 in cleveland so we had plenty of access to golf and so yeah we, we squashed that and then um from september onward of that year we we hit the road we, we bought a subaru we traded in our apartment for a subaru ascent it's the biggest one they make and we specifically bought a Subaru because we knew that they retained their value. So our thinking was when we go back to Manhattan, we'll be able to sell the Subaru, you know, at, a, at the right price, go back to probably a similar sized apartment as the Subaru and uh, get on with our lives. But, um, yeah, we hit the road. We went to Chicago where my family is. We went uh, to Denver to visit some friends. We landed in Tucson for a couple of months. Um, Love the Tucson time. Through. Tucson time was really a treat. Um, saw you guys at uh, Sweetens in Tennessee on the way back through. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then rounded out our time on the road in Florida. Um, that's where we saw sort of the rest of the, the murkiness of the pandemic. And then that brought me to Dallas, which was sort of in the works during this time, which was Noah's job um, that, uh, that took us there. So that I kind of glossed over the Cleveland piece a little bit but that's that's where Cleveland started and that's where I am now and why yeah love it well because Noah's from Cleveland I did say that yes you Noah's probably mentioned Cleveland. that throughout <laughs> Cle- Cleveland Heights okay tell us a little bit because we lovingly we lovingly refer to um, the community where Noah's parents live as the commune so yes. and that also was kind of the key to also Tucson and yes Potentially, was there another place that was involved in the commune? So tell us a little bit about um, the community there and what makes it unique. Yes. Well, I'll back up a little bit by saying I think having been uh, from Toledo and spending my first 18 years in Toledo, 
and then going to school in Boston and interacting with everyone I met in Boston and them asking me whether or not I knew any person that they knew from Ohio, if I knew that person. I think I've grown to be a little bit defensive of being from Ohio. And so when I was in Cleveland during the pandemic, sort of revisited some of that defensiveness because people were like, oh, you're in Cleveland, like that sucks. I'm like, it's actually absolutely lovely and I'm having the time of my life here. And so I then explained to them where I lived, which I think is a really huge part, obviously, of why I enjoyed my time there so much, family aside, of course. But um, Noah's parents uh, downsized in the last couple of years to, and it's not like a retire, you know, it's not like, an old person community, just like a condo little village of sorts. It's on mm-hmm. one square acre, or no, I think it's on one city block size land. And the claim to fame is that it used to be this massive estate from this physician to John D. Rockefeller that lived in Cleveland. It's like a 30 bedroom mansion that was built in the early 1900s. It had fallen into disarray, I think by the 40s or 50s. Artists had squatted there for a number of years, but it was this massive mansion. It had, you know, 30 bedrooms, stables, a pool, a ballroom, like all, like the whole nine yards. It's just insane. Um, so this property was always really cool, really like old school, like stonework and wrought iron work, like very just over the so top cool. and kind of like gaudy. Um, but in the 70s, this development or like these developers came in, bought the land, built condos on it. But condos, I think, doesn't even do it justice because... They very artfully placed uh, four individual structures that each house four units. And the architects were all sort of of the John, um, oh, shoo, Frank Lloyd Wright school of thought. So it's like very artistic, very like, you know, seamless transition with and from nature. Um, and a lot of the original elements of the mansion are still on the property. So it's like this really cool uh, dichotomy of like old stonework with like, newer kind of mid-century modern and um it's just a great little oasis from what i also love about it like from the street you have no idea that it's there because it's surrounded by other houses in the neighborhood and so it's kind of hidden that it even is there so it's not until you walk into the property that you realize what's there and you know the landscaping is great they have over 100 types of trees on the property that's amazing Um, i mean yeah just like really weird quirky things and um beyond that like i said the family the company is great, and the people within the community are great. Um, a lot of whom have become close friends to us now. I should note they're all well into their sixties and beyond, but that's who we were hanging out with. For the majority great friends of the to have, honestly. Honestly, they just you know they see life from a different angle. They're not a you know we are coming from the belly of the beast from New York City, where like everyone's just like so anxious and so trying to like one up each other and be competitive and like. That's just not me either. So I really enjoyed, like, I think I jinxed myself because right before the pandemic started, I think I'd been on, like, a three- or four-month stint where, like, I was somewhere every weekend. And I had said, the next six weeks I'm not going anywhere. And then that, of course, ended up being the pandemic. So shame on me. You, but, you said um, it's your fault? I think the whole thing is my you fault. You did it. I said this before. You did it. <laughs> no, I, I, I blame myself. Um but yeah, no, it ended up being a really nice way to spend a really weird part of our lives. But, you know, we had happy hours on the patios every night. Everyone was very strict about COVID. So, you know, we were, we'd have happy hours and we were all far away and whatnot. But Ellen, Noah's mom, would, would come over with like martinis in the afternoon and like handshake them and like pour them for us like at the front door. <laughs> Her specialties <laughs> are lemon drops and chocolate martinis. Ooh. Um, Those are again, just, what, two what a great joy. ones. 
excellent. And yeah. she's really perfected them in the time of the pandemic. So yeah, we had a we had a really lovely time despite the circumstances of the world at large. We um, we had a nice time. And another thing I'll note about the commune is that. We ended up living in like five different units because someone different kept offering up their place, which was also so lovely and so nice. But they they were traveling, they were elsewhere. So it was nice because, you know, these places are designed mostly, I think, for like couples, right? So it's like, you know, four adults all working from home, not super conducive um, Mm -hmm. during that time. So we, we always had our space and our distance, which... I think was also nice. Um, so yeah, can't say enough good things about the commune. Can't wait to have you there. I'm obsessed with and, it. I'm uh, so excited. Your, I have a piece of artwork uh, from somebody. Ohio. Yes. On my wall, my spirit yes. house is on the wall. Haley got me this beautiful piece of artwork um, that was done by somebody in the commune. Her name is Elaine Roth, R-O-T-H. Her and her husband, Sam, both artists. Her daughter also is an artist, glassblower. Um, so jacks cool. of all trades in the commune. Little mix, and she's them. a bit of a psychic too, right? She's a medium. She's a medium. Yes. Yes. Love that. So I mean, I think that all, that all, that if you're gonna live in a commune, you need to have a medium. I, I'm gonna. I need to talk to her. I um. I think that should be an <laughs> element. I might hire her just to like take some sessions during the happy hour or something. I don't know. Oh God. Okay. T- would. Love that, obviously. Um, I'll just I'll talk to her anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sold on Cleveland. I feel like I've been there already. I have like a visual in my head. I mean, partially from your um, like Zoom backgrounds and whatnot. So like that's part yes. of the visual. You know, I've got a good sense of many different um, living uh, quarters um, in the commune. So I'm a big fan. Really love it. And I think yes. that also it does. It's interesting that you kind of harken back to, you know. Um, the way that you are, because I think it does really compliment you very well. Um, you know, not that you weren't very New York City, though, either. You know, like, I think you're very at home. You know, we were just in the West Village last weekend. Very at home there. I know. Um, but I am, know, but... Many people I think, probably I also don't know out. about you. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, of course. Well, no one stays No one stays in New York City forever. That's what I tell everybody who moves yes. there. I'm like, well, that city's going <laughs> to chew you up and spit you right back out, sister. <laughs> Um, you're not going to make it, um, (laughs) just bullying people. Um, but I think that listeners might also be very intrigued to know that you are a very, um, artistic person with many different, um, artistic skills and many of which, uh, people have seen because you do all of the artworks and the logo work and the, um, the creative for Gruder Golf. So anytime you see anything that was done, uh, whether it's our logo or on a computer or a poster, really anything like that, that was Haley. And she taught herself Adobe Illustrator. Uh, so what do you have to say yeah, for yourself I about mean, that? <laughs> there's, so actually, there's a long way to let's go. Roll this, let's roll this back a little bit. Where um, Were you super into art when you were younger? Like what, what was your medium of choice? What was kind of like your art upbringing? I really like that we started from like the immediate past. So like now we're jumping around. It's kind of nice. Um Oh, yeah, yeah I'm Barbara know. Walters, was... Haley. No, it's good. It's keeping me in my toes. Um, yeah, no, I was, I, I don't know, I was a little bit of a weird kid for sure. Um, I would say, like, semi-athletic and, like, semi-artistic, like, um, in the sense that, like, I came from, like, a very, like, sports-oriented family, but then also, like, a very art-oriented family at the same time. But um, I was always into arts and crafts, like, any arts and crafts, you name it, I was doing it. Um, I'd always, like, come up with something. Um, I'd have, like, a lot of, like, kits. So, like, 
uh, like the paper mache or like the um, collage kits were always big. But I also just like come up with an idea and like immediately do it and like, you know, be cutting things up and like pulling things from the trash. Like, I don't know, just any sort of uh, way the wind blew is where I followed it. Um, I also had a lot of freedom. Uh, this is going to sound weird in my house in the sense that like <laughs> my mom's bedroom is on the first floor. And my mom or my brother and my bedrooms were on the second. Um, I just had free reign up there. Like she, I don't think she came upstairs That's more awesome. than five times during my childhood. Um, so like, I could be like, That's the dream. You know, painting. It honestly was, and I don't think I appreciated it as much until I got older. But it's like, I mean, not that I was doing anything wrong. I was like, I should add to it. Like I was a very good kid. I was recently telling Noah's dad that I was just like. Uh, I was just like a good kid like I didn't like seek out trouble in really any form but uh so it's not like I even took advantage of having all this freedom which is too bad um (laughs) minus like a few sneak outs in high school but those were all very innocent too um but yeah I I could just like mess up my room I was constantly rearranging it and like well you know this because you have this my (laughs) this just like speaks to like my weirdness for my sixth birthday I was desperate for this purple velvet (laughs) A purple velvet chaise lounge, which for me at the time was like, that was my artistic expression. I just had to have that for my bedroom. And my mom, God bless her, like, doesn't like to say no very often. And again, I wasn't asking for like bad things. So it was easy to say yes. And uh, yeah, that was like the center of my bedroom. But like, I was always rearranging shit. You might not know this, but like every wall in my bedroom was like a different color and like different things. So like, it yeah, and that was actually kind cool. of an accident. There's a miscommunication with my mom and I, but my bedroom was getting painted one day before I went to school, and I had, um, I had like, a quilt with a bunch of different colors and, like, patterns in it. And my mom was like, oh, do you want, like, a different quilt pattern, like, on each wall? And I was like, not really. And then I came home, and that's what had been done. So it was, it was very cool, but it was just, like, bursting at the seams with, like, color and shit everywhere. And, like, on top of all the other shit that I had in there, including the velvet purple <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you have any photos, I'm going to need to see them just because I'm really now so intrigued. The purple velvet chaise lounge is an insane piece of furniture to give a six-year-old. It's now it's sitting in my basement, so Haley can revisit it any time. Um, I want you but, to recover it because it's a great couch. I mean, I like the fact that it's purple velvet, though. It reminds me of Prince. I know. Like, yeah, it no, kind of has... Couch. And, like, with things like that, too, because it's, it's, it's still a high quality. It's in great condition. And I mean, maybe yeah, so someday we'll get refinished. I know exactly but... where. I know exactly where I saw it. I saw it when we were in Columbus for a soccer tournament, and I was like, "That is what I want for my birthday." <laughs> I must have it. Must have it. Very key to the design. So this is before you had the quilted walls. Um. Uh, no, I think I already had the quilted walls. Like I'm telling you, there's no rules. Oh, this will go all. really like, well. Let's add yeah, some jewel no. tones to this pastel situation. Yeah. No, they're honestly, the, the quilt was, like, very rich tone. So it, it did kind of go in. There was, like, reds and oranges and blues and greens and purples, honestly. It was, like a, it was an anthropology quilt. So it was, like, a very rich, hued. Uh, oh, okay, quilt. okay. Yeah, 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 okay. That makes sense. Anthropology yeah, it wasn't, like, six, a young so girl. Edge. Was, well, my mom. Like, my mom being, you know, adjacent yeah, to the interior design world and that being her true. job now. Um you know, she just sort of went went for it. I don't think I picked that out. Definitely not. But yeah, it wasn't like a pastel, young, girly <laughs> quilt. 
I was just picturing softer colors for some reason, but I'm glad that I know now because that's also just cool. That's a very cool room for a kid to have. I know, but it's very funny too because I'm very neutral now. Yeah, you're not, no jewel tones. I don't think I've ever seen you in a jewel tone. No, No, never. I will never wear a jewel tone. No. I'm Wait, so actually, um, tell the people a little bit about your mom because she's quite the character, and um, I think that highly, uh, I mean, obviously instrumental in uh, in a lot of the way that you are. Very, very instrumental, and uh, I think with most mother daughter relationships, just realizing that I am becoming more and more like her every day, um, which I am happy about um, in most ways. But uh, I don't know. I don't think I'll be able to do her justice, but she is just, like, an absolute character. Uh, very entertaining. Um, someone that really finds a joke about just about everything or, like, in every situation. Um, laughs at a lot of inappropriate times. Not She doesn't have, like, an um, inappropriate sense of humor, though. She's, like, very by the book. You know, she's from Illinois and I don't know. Whatever happens in Illinois. Um so I don't know. It's again hard to explain. I think we need to have. It her is on. hard to, to, to capture her, her. I think we really do yeah. need to have like a call-in show where we get her take because. So did she? She I know that she had um, a very unique golf bag, but what was her golf? Yes. Did she play golf at all? Because you inherited her golf clubs. Yes, exactly. So, as I've mentioned, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. My dad and her landed there kind of accidentally after school. They are both from the Chicago area, but decided to stay there, raise their families there. Mentioning that only because uh, I grew, I've grown up adjacent to golf my entire life. We belong to Sylvania Country Club, and then we moved over to Inverness. I apparently played golf at Sylvania Country Club, like in their juniors league. I have no recollection of it whatsoever, like zero. I remember the swim team. And I remember driving up to swim team practice one morning, and, like, it was so early. It was 7 in the morning, you know, weekdays in the summer. And I just said to my mom, I was like, I don't really feel like being on swim team anymore. And we just kept driving around the cul-de-sac and left for good. So, like, (laughs) that is, like, my mom in sports. Like, I said I came from a very sports-oriented family, and that's true, but that was mostly driven by my brother. Um, But with golf, uh, never really grew up with it, despite being part, like, members of these golf courses, my mom just being, you know, in the, uh, I, I don't know, not in the know, but like also not in society because as you can imagine, there's not much of a, it's a society high society. Ohio. Being a society a woman, society. she obviously had a pair of set of golf clubs. She had a set of golf clubs. Um, I think she had played. It's just that it was like a communal activity times. though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I don't think she went out more than two times and what she chose to keep her golf clubs in because You know, I've mentioned she's in interior design. She's a very artistic, uh, sort of cute comes first type of person. So she had a wicker golf bag that served as her full-time golf bag. So like a wicker basket golf bag. (laughs) That like did not stand up on its own, obviously. Unfortunately, I don't think we do. It might be in one of her storage units. She has storage units all across the Midwest, so it might be somewhere. But I do remember when I went home to get her clubs, because when I started playing golf, you know, like many people, was not ready to shell out the money to get clubs. Used hers. I've used hers up until this year. Like, I was using her clubs that were 10, 20 years old. Very, very heavy. Big Bertha's. Um, But I intentionally left the basket, which I do regret now, because what a great heirloom piece, you know? 
Um, Seriously. But knowing her, she keeps a lot of things, hence the multiple storage units across the Midwest. So I would venture to say she still has it somewhere. I feel like we, we will need that for the future Grudo Golf Clubhouse because yeah. it's like, yep. it's so central to the story. Um, <laughs> as like a really just cool it's piece of decor. Story. It really is. Yeah, that's, no. that's your like origin totem is the wicker oh, basket. I and I feel like that mad. actually kind of is a, is a good like, like symbol for you almost. You are a wicker golf I basket. So Neutral. I... <laughs> classic. Neutral. Non-confrontational. Not very good at holding holding clubs. <laughs> yeah, not utility. You're not about utility. Not utility. But actually, I'm you not. you actually are about utility. You have a lot of well, um, you know good utility pieces. Your makeup bag being one of them. That actually, I need to get one of those. I was thinking about that this oh, weekend. Oh, the ones that lay flat. Um, Haley has a makeup bag that just opens up and just lays flat, which is kind of what you need when you're rummaging around. It's called the lay and go. You can find it on Amazon. And. And they can I'm, go I'm in the washing machine. So you, whenever it gets dirty with makeup, Whoa. toss it in there. I know. It really is a great uh, great thing. Um, yeah, I think I am a little bit about utility. I've also earned the nickname Basic Fundamentals from the basketball team that Marie and I were part of as part of a co-ed uh, critio league when we lived in Boston right out of college. Um and, uh, yeah, one of the guys named me Basic Fundamentals because I'm just always, you know, harping on the fundamentals of really anything, which I think that's actually where I went wrong in my golf game because for a long time when we started playing, I was hesitant to really get into it until I had, like, a professional teach me how to do it because I was mm-hmm. really adamant about not picking up bad habits. And I, of course, have picked up bad habits, and I have not gotten enough <laughs> training or coaching um, six years in. But, uh yeah, I feel like at the very beginning, I was like, I'm not investing in this until I have the right access so that I have the basic fundamentals um, sort of in front of me. Well, because you were quite the athlete um, and, you know, quite the middle school, high school athlete. So do you want to talk a little bit about basketball? Because I think that was that's also kind of core to your story, not only because you're tall. It is, it is core to my story. But like I said, I was a semi-athlete. I feel like I was just always assumed to be athletic because of my height and then also because of my brother being um, the star athlete of the family uh, in, in, in one way or another. Um, so he played basketball, and it was just assumed that – well, no, I mean, I did play basketball. I played basketball, and so- I played a little bit of everything. Basketball, soccer, cross country is not a sport, really. It's just running. Um, tried being <laughs> in volleyball. Volleyball, I remember Ooh. I tried. Like, I came, I came late into the game on volleyball, like – maybe sixth or seventh grade and at that point like all the girls that played it had been playing it for years so I remember like one of the first Mm -hmm. games like I didn't really know the rules I was just like up there ready to play and I messed a few things up and you know could never really shake it off but I was I probably could have been better but um I don't know volleyball was really competitive at my high school too volleyball is also a very hard sport I think that's a tough one like it's stuff. it's a weird uh, it's a weird skill set you know because it's not stuff that you're using like there's no like practical like use for it you know what I mean like when are you swatting I, things away or like agree. spiking things or honestly swatting things away I mean, is a good skill so okay I guess so when you put it that way I guess that makes sense like <laughs> but like you know and like I mean I guess basketball too it's like when are you actually no I'm constantly though trying to throw things into something from far away. Like the trash. All the time. Trash, laundry, laundry 
those two and think about how much of the how much how much of your day trash and laundry take up throwing things away in our consumer oh, society absolutely i um i feel this way about like field hockey and lacrosse and like water polo and sports like that my and this is i know an unpopular opinion but my opinion is i obviously respect the people that play those sports however my thinking is if you played those sports it feels like you probably weren't good enough to play like the main sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I mean, I think it also depends regionally. Like I know lacrosse like is now like the cool sport. I think I always thought that when I was like younger, I was like, hey, I still lacrosse don't get it. Sick. I don't like but it. But also the thing about lacrosse and girls is like, especially when you're younger and people don't have like phenomenal like stick skills. Like if you're fast, that's all that matters. Like you don't need to be able to do anything yeah. else. You just need to outrun everybody and then trick yeah, the goalie. Yeah, but then play the soccer. Like then play soccer. I don't know. Honestly, my feet. I, I was I was like you with volleyball in terms of soccer. Like I just didn't catch on when I was little. They put me in it, and I was just like, I'm not really feeling this at all. So that I never yeah. did it like beyond like the the little tots, you know. And then yeah. people get good. We were a basketball family too, and went, so and then I mean, I quit. So, yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. so then, yeah, I, I was stuck too. with other sports that people that you, people couldn't do, or the people yeah. that people who uh, couldn't do the other ones did, which is no, true. I, I, I mean, golf is actually, I think, I don't, one of my lead theories about, especially men's golf. Yeah. No, it's I like mean, again, oh, so like that, so that you were too small to do the other ones, <laughs> right? Like. Bring it back. Bring it back to the short people. (laughs) I can't. I can't go into that right now. Um, You can shit on golf if you want. um, This is your. This is your deep dive. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. I. (laughs) Well. I'll talk about when I did go out one time to play at Inverness when I was young. Which again, like looking back now, very privileged. You know, that's that's something that I certainly did not take advantage of. But I remember being. That's also such a like. Big, hard course. Yeah, so I don't know, even know why they had any young kids out there that was, you know, setting them up for failure. Setting them up to hate golf, honestly. But I remember I was so stressed because I had to wear, like, an old pair of Gap khaki jeans that I absolutely hated, a pair of, like, regular sneakers, which in the Midwest we call tennis shoes. I don't know if you know that, but every pair of sneakers wow. are called tennies, exclusively tennies. Hmm. So I had to wear tennies. Um probably like a bad Abercrombie and Fitch pull you know what I mean I was just like piecing together this outfit to go out with my friend and her dad and um I remember being so incredibly frustrated not only by the way I looked but by the fact that it could not hit the ball like in the air um and I think I was kind of hitting it like I think we were only really teeing off at this point but um yeah just like immediately no for me I was like no like I don't this is not for me I do have I have no interest in this um and that was like the long and short of my golf exposure um, as a as a kid. But you know, always near golf. My mom. Yeah. My mom has um has a lot of golf experiences, and um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that stuck with me. She um she always says that she likes the idea of being a golf widow, where like her supposed husband, which. For the listeners, doesn't exist. Um, but uh, she she liked the idea. She's like, if I ever got remarried, 
I would want to be a golf widow, so he'd be gone all, all the time. Because, <laughs> like, she's just, like, has no interest in, like, being with anyone. <laughs> she's like, that, that's the perfect situation for me. A golf so anyway. nut. Hey, there are plenty of those out there, honestly. They're probably looking for somebody just like her. <laughs> I I would think so. Um, but, yeah, she hasn't. I don't think, like I said, she's not seeking one out. So, um, yeah, well, we'll see. Put that on ice. Um <laughs> Oh damn it! I just had I just had a little idea, but then I forgot it. Um, oh, it was about it was actually about like your your athletic prowess. Did you like at what point did you decide that you wouldn't play sports in college? Like, was that a consideration for you at all at any point? Because you were really good. No, no, but I um, I wasn't that good. I also like I think what I've learned as I get older, like I'm competitive, but I'm not that competitive. Like I kind of don't care. <laughs> <laughs> which is like <laughs> win or lose same same to me <laughs> i i unfortunately don't know if i care that much um which i think is why golf is perfect for me because i approach it with the thinking that i have the rest of my life to get good so i don't feel a lot of pressure in like getting really good right now like obviously i would like to be better and i was joking last week i don't know why i expect to be better every time i play it's not like i practice it's not like i play all the time but in any case, golf is perfect for me in that way. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I am very tall, very lengthy, lengthy, lengthy. Do you just that, describe yourself as lengthy? Length, what does that mean? Long. Like lengthy, like it. Yeah, like lengthy. Lengthy means you're, that you're long, which is true. It's just I'm, not usually what you use to describe a person. I'm lanky. I'm not lengthy. Um, Lank, but you I, are lanky. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm very lanky. Um, okay. Had a really, really fast metabolism in high school. Um, ate all the time. Um, I remember my high school basketball coach was like, before sophomore or junior year, was like asking me to put on like 15 to 20 pounds. And I was like, sir, I. You ask you to just bulk can't. up? Like, yeah. Well, because I was so thin and like, were I was five? a power four. Yeah, I was a power forward. Or you were four? Four and five. Um, okay. But it's, you know, I was I was the tallest person on the team, so I just automatically got assigned that that yeah. position. I probably would have preferred to be, like, a three. Um, cause I, because going back to my basic fundamentals and sort of how I feel about basketball now, I was like, I feel like I have a good understanding of, like, how plays work and how to make people mm-hmm. open. Like, I like setting up other people to score. Like, I again, getting back into my competitive prowess, like, I'm not, like – hungry for the basket nor am I like going up and also like okay I played in Ohio I played against these like farm grown corn fed girls they were massive and they were so strong <laughs> so like it you're just literally working on the farms oh my god no some of the girls I mean it was a mix of course like some girls were like more like inner city but like also super strong and tall and taller than me like whatever. So yeah, my, my high school coach asked me to bulk up and that is when I realized that we were never going to see eye to eye in terms of like where I was going with my career. I knew I never had any intention or expectation to play in college. That was never even talked about. Um, and I think, cause I, again, like my brother was really obsessed with basketball and like did all the mm-hmm. AAU and like, you know, played it year round and was, you know, obsessive sports obsessive. I just never was like that. So I, I never yeah. expected to play beyond high school. Um, and then I actually stopped playing after my junior year because, uh, that coach again, it was, it was first the weight room thing. And then there was another, I just remember like a light bulb went off for me. Cause you know, we were very bad though, though too. Like we were kind of like, 
a good school sports wise. We were really strong in volleyball, strong in a few other things. Basketball, like just it was never a fit for like the team that we had. Like certainly <laughs> scrappy and like could win here and there, but just like we played against a lot of very good teams and like girls that were going to D one schools and whatever. Yeah. And again, because I'm not super competitive, I did not see the point in rallying behind a senior team that was like going to come in dead last in the city <laughs> standings. And so I remember like at one uh, at one of the practices at the end of junior year, he's like, next year is our year. And I was like, with all due respect, it absolutely is not. <laughs> like, we're losing our tallest and like and best you're like, players. Might be your year, but I was like, not for I me. I unfortunately and, will and really, not be there. And what it came down to, the tra- it wasn't like that alone, obviously, but it was the trade-off because my brother, who was a senior in college and playing basketball in college, and my mom was going to all of his games every week. She's like, yeah, you can come with me. Like, we'll, yeah. like, you know, go on the road, basically. Um, so we had a nice gig. We uh, She would pick me up from school, like, on a weekday night, and we'd drive the two hours to South Bend, go to his game, wake up in the next morning, like, put my uniform back on, and she'd drop me off back at school. Um, so it ended up being nice. Like I like don't regret that decision at all because it was a lot more fun to be able to go to those games and like hang out there than uh than schlep it with uh what was his name? I forget his name, but anyway, he was a little head in the clouds for me. I like people with their feet on the ground. I mean asking and, uh, that just asking wasn't a high school girl to put on fifteen to twenty pounds is an insane thing to <laughs> while, do. While I'm like, like especially if you're too, not like, I was like I was doing a lap pull down. I remember explicitly what I was doing. And I was just like, sir, like, I am doing the best I can here. I just cannot keep anything on my body, on my frame at this point. Now it would be a different story. Also, but at that point in time, if the program, if the program, like, wasn't even competitive anyway, it's like, you don't, like, build a player. Like, you can't, you can't just take what you're given and make them, like, larger people or something. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, that's was... just a wild way to go about it. Um, I do want to actually circle back to that uniform, um, comment, but, um, tell us about kind of going to, so your brother went to Notre Dame, um, played basketball there. So being around that, like, did that set any expectations about like college or anything like that? Or, you know, or just in general, you can talk Um, about Zach or. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) not really just because his college experience was so skewed and so different, um, versus like what college experience I would have and then mm-hmm. obviously did have um and he, I don't know he was also different because again he was just sports obsessed and like always very focused like he was always going to play a sport in college whether it was soccer or basketball and I remember he had to like choose one or the other um during high school because he wasn't allowed to play both anymore you know what I mean like it was just always like his shtick and um yeah so college for him was like obviously more like a job um but he ended up having, I would say, like, I think looking back, he enjoys it more than he did maybe during it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. His, like, head was down. And, like, you know, he's very smart anyway. Um, I don't think he found, like, the schoolwork that hard because I think they also give, like, a lot of leeway to, to the players. But, like, mm-hmm. that was never an issue for him. So, like, he just kind of, like, coasted. <laughs> like, coast is probably the wrong word. But uh, I don't know. He just kind of, like, did it and showed up and, I don't know, had a good time. But, um very, 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 very different from our college experience at BC. Drastically but, um, different. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of organization Nine there. Different. Although um, I will say my you... first drink at a bar was at Notre Dame at a bar called CJ's. And um, 
one of the other basketball players got me and Gabby in um, as like 17 year olds. Um, and nice. we had about four Long Island iced teas. <laughs> and then, what? And then <laughs> threw up for the rest of the night. Did you throw up? Yeah, of course. Oh my God. Oh. Four? And like these were <laughs> not four. No, I honestly probably don't think we had more than one because. I remember having gone to this place like before games and stuff. My mom would have one, and she'd be loopy as hell. And um, yeah, so yeah, no, we we definitely did not have four. That's an, exa- an exaggeration, but um, had enough to just send us send us to the bathroom for the rest of the Oof. night. Um, That's so painful. there was some fun to be had over there, uh, just not the traditional fun that uh, that we may have had at the volume at which we had it. I mean, yeah, well, not not many can sustain a volume um, like like the clip that we were going at. Um, but do you think, this is actually an interesting question. Do you think that, um, there are certain attributes that you have because you had an older brother? Cause I think that, that girls with older brothers are a specific breed oftentimes. Interesting. There's like um, a toughness th- or something or like, uh, you know, I think definitely like 1000% because I think I spent most of my life trying to either be like him or impress him. Um, and so I feel like you know, whatever shows he was watching, even if we weren't watching them together, like I would watch. So like always sunny, for instance, I knew he loved that show. So I became obsessed with that show. Like every little thing like that, I sort of tried to emulate and be like, um, so yeah, I think, and like even his sense of humor too, which, um, he's a very funny person. Um, very much like center of attention, uh, gets all the laughs, which like, I think I'm a little bit more behind the scenes than he is. Um, also just because of our dynamics uh, together. But, um, like, we have a very similar sense of humor and, like, what he finds funny, I find funny. Um, so, yeah, I would I would definitely say, like, a lot of, uh, a lot of sort of what I find interesting. Even, like, again, like, books I would read or, you know, different authors or different things I would seek out um, very much influence, whether he knows it or not. Um, and whether even I knew it or not, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's also different, <laughs> I think, too, being one of two, right? Like, I didn't have a ton of other siblings to mm. choose from. Like, I and I wasn't a role model to anyone younger. So, like, I was really just, like, looking up and be like, okay, like, what's next? Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It was funny and going a little bit back to the basketball thing and me, myself, knowing there was never any expectation of, like, me being good enough to play in college. Like, the people that I would run into as, like, a freshman and sophomore, like, oh, like, you're Zach Hilson's sister. Like, oh, like, just, like, ask me, like, the dumbest shit. It's like, you're not getting it here. Sorry to say. <laughs> different, different gene pool, slightly. Uh, not that's really, pretty but. good. Um, yeah. But I also did want to circle back to the uniform because you are a product of an all-girls Catholic education. Um, yes. So tell us a little bit about that experience um, and maybe how it shaped you. Um, okay. Very basic uniform, which I liked. Um, just a plain Navy skirt. Um, we could wear Birkin, everyone wore Birkenstocks, uh, on their feet. Love the slides, of course. Like not the, not the slides that everyone has. The Boston clog. The the mules. The clog. Yeah. Thank you. Um, button downs were required. However, when you were a senior, you could wear your senior sweatshirt. And so you could get away without a collar underneath. Um, there were some hardo teachers that would always ask to check if you had a shirt on. Um, Ew. and of course you had to have it tucked in. How would I they know. check? They just asked like, I don't know. I figured if it was like, that's shirts being tucked in or wearing them at all, but I don't know. I, 
I wasn't in detention often, but, like, here and there, like, a lot of times I was, like, late coming from lunch and or it was mm-hmm. a uniform infraction that, like, again, like, I'm not a troublemaker, but I'm also just, like, not a fan of dumb rules. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, I was like, this is not going <laughs> to matter. Um, but uh, I, I realized, okay, I, I realized a few things. One, uh, this is probably good and bad. One, I'm happy that I didn't have to pick out an outfit every day in high school because I would have been terrible at it. But on the flip side, maybe I would be better at picking out outfits now had I had to wear a different Alleged. outfit every day because I think I'm terrible at it now. Exactly. Um, I don't think But you another are. thing, mm, it's a struggle, though. It's a constant, constant struggle. Um, but uh, another thing is that when I first started playing golf, I it took me about two years to realize that I consistently gravitated to navy skirts and white shirts, which is my high school you uniform. really do. And I was like, yeah, we have to. Oh, I stopped. I, 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 cut, I cut the cord on it. I was like, I have got to break the cycle. This is creepy. Can't be out here looking like a high schooler. Well, also, like I've said this to you before, yeah. but like the polo in general is not like the traditional polo. Not a good look for me. Mm-hmm. I just look like a young, young boy, especially like the short sleeve collared ones. Just not good. Um, so, yeah, I've had to take those out of my rotation entirely. Um, but, yeah, I think that I think the uniform has stuck with me in that way. But uh, I don't know. On the whole, I'm a fan. I think um, I think teenagers have enough going on that, uh, especially now, not to go completely off track, but I just feel like now with, like, belly shirts and, like, skin being in style, like, God bless anyone with Cutouts. a teenage girl who's dressing herself every day for school. Because even if you have a daughter that, like, is normal and, like, wants to wear clothes that, like, cover her body – she's obviously feeling pressure and weird from, like, the other girls that don't. And then the girl – I don't know. And, like, it doesn't matter. Honestly, brings us back to that show you had us watch last week, um, the new Issa Rae show. It's, like, you know, oh, yeah. where do you draw the line between, like, expression and sort of, like, I don't know, the focus on whatever you're doing. But um, I just – I do think high school is a little too young to be expressing yourself in, in certain ways. Anyway, topic for another time. So I appreciate yeah, having I you mean... Yeah, I would have loved a uniform, honestly. We just look like shit all the time. Wait. I think that regardless, I mean, like, at all-girls school, it wouldn't have a uniform. Wait, we just weren't allowed to wear jeans what? except for on Fridays. Um, yeah, it was, this is, like, the classic just dumb rules. But, yeah, we weren't allowed to wear jeans. To me, no blue jeans except for Fridays. And But then what people would do is just wear, like, either, like, pajama pants or sweatpants and stuff. So then there's a lot of, like, pushback of, like, okay, why can't we wear jeans if we can wear, like, absolutely yeah. anything else? Well, then and then the on Fridays they would, like... It would be jeans day, and you have to pay. When I in fifth grade, when I started, it was a dollar, and then inflation had to hit. And by the time I was in a senior, it was like five dollars or something. It's kind of crazy. People push back on that too. Then once colored jeans became a thing, that was a big gray area. Um, I feel like you're gonna like this anecdote, but um, did not know you didn't wear a uniform. I feel a little betrayed. Mm-hmm. I thought we were in this together this whole time. Um, I'm so but sorry. I, I asked- <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Um, I, you know this, but for the listeners, I accidentally went to 16 years of Catholic school. That was not really, at least like the college part was not intentional on my part. Like it wasn't like a requirement that I go to a Catholic school, but did spend all my education um, under the the eye of God. Um, In grade school, we would have Michigan, Ohio State Day, which was the Friday before Michigan and Ohio State played. And we got to dress to our team color, like our team allegiance. I was always a Michigan fan, which was, like, 5% of the class were Michigan fans. Like, I was definitely wow. the outlier. 
And again, to uh, link back to my arts and crafts skills as a child, I had made Michigan jeans. So I like used that puffy paint, that puffy fabric. Wow. And like wrote Michigan down the leg and like it was blue and gold all over. Very proud of those. And then I felt embarrassed because then I got in there and everyone's wearing Ohio State shit. I'm like, I fucking hate red and gray. That's why I'm not an Ohio State fan. Is that why? Was it because of the colors? No, my uh, my dad was a big Fab Five fan and just a big fan of, uh, I guess, Michigan sports. So that just sort of stuck with us. Um, and we were, I mean, we grew up, Ann Arbor is only 45 minutes north of Toledo. So we grew mm-hmm. up sort of right in that, that uh, crossover hotbed between Michigan and Ohio State. Um, and yeah, my mom, so like the sports allegiance came from my dad, but then my mom hates red and gray my soccer team growing up was red and black she would obviously never dress to the team like she just was not a fan of of that um so that's also stuck with me and and yeah I I am marrying into a family that bleeds uh crimson and gray I think are the colors technically um yeah so if Ellen's listening to this I will probably be receiving a text um but I do oh and she will be listening she will be listening she's one of the the top fans we have um but no, I do root for the Buckeyes now. Let it be known and on the record. Yeah, go Buckeyes. This is an earlier time. I would go back to Columbus any day, too. I think that it was a lovely little place. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know where I where I fall on that debate. You know, I'm pretty agnostic, I would say. Whoever's winning. I mean, that's, that's wherever cool. I am. Wherever I am, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Okay, so we're at we're at 117. Okay. I mean, similarly, I could keep going. I have many more questions for you, obviously. I um, know. But, you know, we have lots more podcasts um, for the rest of our lives to do. So so maybe, but then I feel like, okay, I want to end it on a few just like quick fire questions. Um, okay. Number one, favorite club currently? Ooh, um, my 56 degree because, oh, yeah, no. I would say my 56. I've been very loyal to my Cleveland wedge, or my Cleveland club. That I found in the trash. Remember my 52 degree? Oh, of course. But um, the 56 is new, and I've just, I've really found a liking to her, um, and it's nice. Wow. Okay, favorite um, golf course that you've ever played? Um, I remember you asked this to Kiki, so I should have been prepared for this. Um, I'm a... I think, I'm I know, I think my has... question for her was worse. It was favorite golf memory, and she had uh, to edit a lot out because... Okay. <laughs> Because she was like, it's a hard question um, to ask. Too many, too many. <laughs> she just refused to answer <laughs> it. <laughs> she's like, mm, I can't answer that. <laughs> and then she's like, we were just talking about different things. But yeah. So, but favorite yeah. golf course, though, doesn't need to be like a specific round. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is sort of a layup, but I really do appreciate like the model of Sweetens Cove so much because to me, yeah. that's a much more. Because I was just thinking, I was, I was about to say, like, I'm someone that has a lot of recency bias, so I'll usually say the courses that I've played most recently. But, like, I don't know. I, I just find places like Sweetens Cove are so much more fun to talk about and obviously play there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, I was playing at a country club course last week. We did Payne's Valley in July. Like, those are, like, very cool, very nice experiences. But, um, I don't know, something about Sweetens is just a, a little bit more my speed. And um, I want to see more courses like that, which I know are starting to, to pop up. But I want to see more like that everywhere. 
Yeah. Hey, your commitment to aesthetic um, reigns supreme. Um, favorite color? Blue. Any shade. Oh, any shade. Wow. But not jewel yeah. tones. Um, I don't know. My I have a blue rug in my bedroom that's pretty close to Julie. Um, Julie. Um, yeah. I mean, navy obviously is probably the top, but I like a lot of the blues. Love that. Um, and as a last question, um, recently drink of choice on or off the course. I've been on a big, big gin kick lately. Wow. Okay. I'm glad I asked, honestly. Yeah. Refreshing this time of year. Really refreshing. And it's specifically gin and soda, not gin and tonic. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been a nice little switch up. I've been doing tequila for a long time Mm -hmm. and you're, I don't know. There's something about the gin that I really like during the summer. You know, living in Texas now, it's just hot all the time. So, like, whatever will be very crisp and refreshing is sort of what I'm after. And it's also influenced by my new friend, Mel. She's one of two friends that I have in Dallas, and she drinks nice. gin. So, Congratulations. Um, what's weird about her, thank you, what's weird about her is that she claims not like tequila, yet I have yet to be out with her where she does not take at least one tequila shot or has at least one margarita. So, I started ordering <laughs> gin to support her so that she wouldn't be forced to drink tequila, even though no one is forcing her. Um, so that's how I got on the kick and, and I'm still on it. Oh my God. Wow. So fun. Um, I think gin might be next because I think that tequila has been having a moment for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, especially with all these canned beverages and whatnot. But yeah, I feel like I ranch water was pretty big over the past two summers, but I think gin is about to have a moment. So you might be trend forecasting right now. I hope so. I, I like to think I'm usually trend forecasting. Um, I feel like I was really into Beyonce before everyone else was. I am going to leave. You, gonna yeah, close that's, I will, I'll back that. you up on that, honestly. Yeah. Thank you. And now it's like not really I mean, you had cool. that, you had that self-made crafty little um, my mom Beyonce made Tumblr. Oh, yeah. My mom made that for me for my birthday one year. <laughs> Homemade collage of Beyonce pictures, like cut out and printed out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really Tumblr. funny because like that's not something, she's like not like, She's very, she's a hands-on mother and, like, loves gift-giving. That is her love language through and through, like, likes giving gifts more than anything else in the world. But, like, making gifts is not something that she does or likes doing. So that made it all the more special, knowing that she was, like, probably staying up, not late, but, like, probably up early in the morning, like, cutting that out of magazines was um, a really endearing thing to think about. Wow. I don't know if That's I have adorable. that anymore, actually. Which would be it's really probably sad. in storage. It's probably, it's probably in a storage unit. I the dream is always alive um okay well we're gonna have to do part two because I really feel like again I've only barely scratched the surface here um but you know time is of the essence um and it's time for my second nap of the day um (laughs) which is going to bed um but um yeah so other than you know we don't really have any calls to action these days honestly but I think that people should Start uh, really getting ready for some uh, heavy deluge of content um, because we're going to start getting pretty active, pretty darn active, Um, which actually I think we should start discussing some content ideas next week on the podcast live. Okay, I like that. You know, just for fun. Um, Yeah, no, I feel like the listeners might catch us in a little bit of a downtime right now because of our recent decision not to do the fall events the way that we had been planning them. Um, Kiki, I know, is traveling a bunch for work the next couple of weeks, and we need to kind of, like, sit down and do some 
not soul searching. I think the soul searching has already been done, but um, just some planning and execution. But um, yeah, like homework. Exactly. But I think we have a lot of good things cooking, and you know, we basically had a meeting all day last Thursday, and I, I know you're keeping your notes in your little notebook. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited. Hey, for did what's we actually to come. have a meeting though? No, but we were joking that like we met all day. <laughs> we just hung out. We were like, oh, this is our meeting. Walking around. We went and, we went and got sandwiches <laughs> and walked around. Yeah, but, you know. Got giant doing. sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. that's um, corporate bonding, which I think is equally as important, you know? I think so, too. That's where all the good ideas come from. You got to live. You have you need some shared lived experience in order to have, you know, good creative ideas. So, um, I, think so I think that that's, you know, that's the key to it all. Um, but everybody, uh, keep playing golf, obviously. Or not, um, Aunt Susie, if you're listening, I know that you recently told me that it doesn't make you want to play golf at all, but we appreciate that too. Every listen counts. Um, so maybe actually a nice little piece of homework is tell a friend about the podcast because we're trying to get those numbers up, you guys, um, so that we can eventually uh, build a golf course. So, and not through NFTs. Um, but yes. Haley, thank you for sharing so much. Um, and not just tonight, but, um, throughout your, uh, Guru Golf career. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for asking the hard hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't even, haven't even gotten started yet. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much. Illy, um, hang loose, swing like easy. To fuck something up Tonight I'm fucking something I need to drink in my cup Hey I'm in the mood to fuck something up I wanna go missing I need a prescription I wanna go higher Can I sit on top of you? I wanna go with nobody's been you ever had fun like this? We gon' fuck up the night Got me out.
body so excited, so exotic I'm a seasoned professional Squeeze it, don't let it go Tease it, no self-control